Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast. I am super, super excited to bring on uh, this guest, Sarah Logan. She is a rock star, dietitian, nutrition coach. She has her master's degree. She's also a, an awesome personal trainer. Super, super excited to have her on. And she's going to go ahead and talk about a topic that gets, you know, gets a lot of controversy from some people about protein how much should you have so we're super super excited to bring her on and so sarah just kind of tell us a little bit about your story why you became a dietitian and where you're at today well nathan i so appreciate you having me on your podcast you too natalie i really am excited about being here um dietetics goes way way back for me i know that for certain i remember growing up um middle school had a little journal that my volleyball coach made me fill out about nutrition. And that's my, my first start in the interest of the world of dietetics. And it's always linked to sports for me. Um, and then continuing on, I knew like, I want to be somebody who helps people one-on-one -on -one with nutrition. I didn't even know that was actually a profession growing up. And then as I went throughout high school and then college, I just started right away with, okay, nutrition and dietetics, that's it for me. And I worked with a lot of different sports teams, um, including SEC, you know, University of Georgia. I went to UC I'm from Orlando, so I helped out at UCF with their football team and did a lot of sports nutrition. And then realized coming out of my internship, I had a lot of conversations with uh, sports dietitians, and they were all you know, really nice, but we were in COVID world and it just wasn't a great prospect for a job. Uh, to become a sports dietitian. And all of them were really telling me like, Sarah, you should just go private practice. And I always kind of wanted to do that again, like way back when, when I was like, I want to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, right? I genuinely was like, okay, I'm just going to jump in. So as soon as I graduated, I opened up shop as a dietitian coach um, and got my personal training and dove right in. It's been about a year. So um, pretty new to it still, but have learned a lot in this year, have grown a lot, got a good clientele base, and I'm just enjoying, um, I do add the sports flair to a lot of things with my coaching, hence protein and <laughs> talking about that today. Um, but I definitely love helping, especially young women really reverse dieting, coming out of that super restrictive state into a state where they can eat more food, do less cardio, more strength training and get the results that they're after body recomposition. So hopefully that answers your question right there. That's, that is phenomenal. And I, and I can tell our listeners here, she's a phenomenal dietitian. Um, and stuff like that. So if you guys are looking to work with a dietitian, nutrition coach, she's awesome. We'll put all of her social links and how to contact her and get enrolled into her um, at the end of the show in the notes. But as I digress, uh, one of the biggest questions, and I know, you know, as myself working with clients, and I know you do, you know, where can I get protein? And what's the number one thing you do with clients to help them increase their protein? Because I don't know about you, but that's something a lot of my clients when they first work with me, they really struggle with. Oh, I agree. This is something where it's one of the first things that I notice, especially people. Again, I'm not getting clientele. Nathan, you work more um, weight loss, and I'm sure you get a wide range of how many pounds and all that. But I definitely get a lot more narrow um, of pounds to lose, like five to 15 pounds is usually the range that I work with. And that to me already is a signal like, okay, they've dieted in the past. They know about certain healthy eating habits, right? But protein is always kind of pushed under the rug a little bit. And so when I uh, basically have my clients come to me and they um, fill out or they start tracking, right? They start keeping track of their food so I can 
analyze, like I'm sure you do too, what they're doing currently, I see that protein super low. That's instantly something that I see. And I know that, you know, protein takes a lot of preparation, right? Our protein sources are our animal sources, like our lean chicken breast, our, you know, lean ground turkeys, lean ground beefs, our eggs, you know, stuff like that, that takes preparation. And so if somebody's living a busy lifestyle and, that's, you know, they're always on the go. It's really hard to get a lean source of protein like that, that doesn't have a lot of fat with it. So that's honestly how I identify. And that's how I know, okay, let's go ahead and start suggesting some things that are easy, but that'll instantly boost their protein intake and do it in a way that's digestible, right? Because we'll get to it probably, but my requirements for people are pretty high. So um, basically figuring out, okay, what meals, let's start with meals. Like where are we missing protein? What easy source can we sneak in there? You know, how can we make this more of an attainable goal for somebody versus just throwing them a number, a gram number and freaking them out a little bit? Cause that can be a lot as you have probably found out too, with your clients. So Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head too, with, even with the clients I work with, I give them a number and they're like a hundred what? And, and then you, (laughs) you you go into their, their food log and you're like, they're getting maybe 50, 60 grams. Maybe they're like, what's protein? I mean, I got clients like, yeah, I don't even know what protein is. And Mm -hmm. they really, really struggle with that. So you're right. When we do give them that high number, because that's what they need. They almost are like, I don't know what to do. And you're right. There's a lot of preparation behind protein. It's all the lean meats and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's definitely something that's really a struggle for clients. So let me, let me ask you this. So, you know, this is what I get asked from my clients all the time. Probably do. What is the number one thing that the first thing you do to increase their protein intake? So you've looked at their logs, like what is the number one thing that you could do to increase their, their protein intake right away? Well, right away. Um, I do look to whole foods first, just because, you know, I love supplements, but it's really easy to increase the serving size of what they're currently doing at a mealtime. Um, so usually, you know, especially women, we're getting a small serving of different things. And I say, all right, you got that small, like you like your healthy chicken breast. Okay. You got three ounces on your plate based on, you know, what you're logging or what we've confirmed. You know, if you're using a gram scale and weighing your food out, let's bump it up to six ounces. You know, that easy switch, maybe even that's too much in the beginning. You do four to five ounces. Um, that's usually what I do first, but also with that, Nathan, I also look at the sources that they're doing currently and see, okay, which sources also have a higher amount of fat with it and how can we go ahead and lean that source out? So that way, um, you're able to have that room in your diet. I use a lot of macro tracking. So basically you have that room and that space to increase your protein too, without going over on so many fats, depending on, you know, what, if you like carbs or fats better, Um, and with that, a good example is like eggs versus egg whites. Like go ahead and switch those. Or like, if you're using a lot of cheese, I say, okay, let's go ahead and try the fat free cheese. And if you like the flavor, you know, swap it with that. There's a lot of protein in there. So those are my two MOs to start with when it comes to coaching and increasing protein right away. And I really do find that it's a little bit easier to ease into that high number. Love it. Love it. So much value there. Yeah. And, you know, when you brought up supplements, we're going to get into that. So audience, if you're listening, we're going to go into the supplements soon. But before we mention that, I have another question. So, you know, you're really into sports nutrition as well. And I, I'm sure our audience is also curious. What does protein have to do with working out? Because we always listen. Oh, you're going to the gym, make sure you have more protein. But why? What's what's the reason behind that? 
So I love that you ask this. Obviously, you know, my sports side of me comes out and gets all giddy. But um, I think that you have a really good point. You know, people do hear that with the gym or athletes or anything like that. And they think, you know, sometimes people actually say it too, depending on, you know, the source of media or whatever. They say protein gives you energy. And I've heard that before. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Your body doesn't want to use protein as energy, right? Your protein is the rebuilding parts, the building blocks of a lot of different parts of your body, not just muscle, but, you know, hair, skin, nails, cartilage. There's all kinds of things that protein is a structure for. It helps to rebuild. So um, whenever I think of protein, I think of post-workout, especially um, pre-workout. Yeah, you can have a little protein in there, especially if you've gone a long time without having a meal. But carbohydrates are our main source of energy. OK, so that's honestly the first thing that comes to mind. And I want people to realize is protein is that rebuilding, because when you're working out, you are breaking down your muscle. You are um, working hard. You're creating a lot of um you know, lactic acid buildup. There's a lot of things going on in your body, right? But especially in the conversation of um, working out and, and protein, you're breaking down your muscle, right? And mostly our clients, you know, bringing that in, especially with working out, because not a lot of our clients are trying to, you know, build a ton of lean muscle, right? They're fat loss clients a lot of the times. They're wanting to get that body recomposition. So um, they're wanting to preserve their lean mass. And that's something that protein does really good at is it helps to rebuild your muscle. It helps to prevent your muscle loss. Your muscle is very uh, metabolically active or in a better way to understand it is it burns a lot of calories. And when you lose that tissue and that calorie burning machine goes down, the fat loss result, your metabolism comes down. You're not able to eat as much. So protein is even a lot more than just, oh, I'm going to get big jacked muscles. It's about keeping that tissue that gives you your shape that you are after. You're after that hourglass shape and eating protein after a meal, you know, or doing it through a supplement um, or with a meal, excuse me, and after a workout um, that protein really helps to basically rebuild those tissues once you've broken them down. Continuing to eat protein throughout the day continues to help you build that muscle and it helps you prevent from that breakdown of muscle. And then once you, you know, you've ever heard of the term skinny fat, right? Like some people um, come down in calories, but they never keep their protein high or, you know, basically work on post workout. And then all of a sudden they look at it and they're like, okay, well, <laughs> that's not the shape that I'm after. So, you know, I've heard calories determine size, but protein determines shape. And I think that's something that a lot of listeners are interested in when it comes to working out on protein. So uh, I think it's important to note that it's mainly used in the post-workout setting. Awesome. And I, and you already answered our next question. So that was great. So now, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, how protein relates to working out. The next question is, is it better to take protein powder or eat real protein foods before a workout? And um, how do they meet the protein requirements? Oh, I like this. So before a workout, I think it's okay to have some, you know, you definitely want to have more of your easily digestible, quick digesting carbohydrate before a workout. And the good rule of thumb is the closer you get to your workout, you know, the less really heavy things on your stomach, less fiber, less fats. But when it comes to protein, it's a little more lenient. So um, I would say it's not as concerning before a workout. You know, if you've gone four or five, six hours without a meal, 
then you can even do um, a branched chain amino acid supplement during or have a meal with, you know, three, four ounces of protein beforehand, but mostly focused on those easy to digest carbs. Those like white carbohydrates. So you go like crackers, toast, banana, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but after a workout, you know, and you talked about like after workout and then also like throughout the day with supplementation and everything, um, I do think because of the fact that my numbers for clients are very high, it's higher than the recommended daily amount because most of them are after fat loss or some sort of must, you know, they're working out a lot. I do think that supplements really help to round out the protein goal that you have. It makes it a lot easier. You know, usually these supplements are really sweet and it's a break from all the savory, which is really nice. And per serving, they're actually a good um, economic source of protein too. Even though you have to buy a tub at once, it's nice to have something that is, you know, 60 cents per serving and cheaper than like buying huge packs of chicken. So it is a good replacement um, after a workout, it is better to have a supplement usually just because of how fast it digests and you want to be able to go ahead and get that rebuilding process started. So I think it's a lot better to do a supplement after a workout and then eat your meal maybe two hours after. So I think that, um, a lot of people, you know, that's a big question in their minds. And I personally say supplement right after workout over anything, but throughout the day, whole food over supplement, if you can. That's awesome. Now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome that you say that too, because I know there's a lot of people, you know, that are trying to figure out, you know, what should I do? But the other thing, the other question is that, you know, now we're telling the audience, okay, so it's okay to use a protein supplement and help to get those numbers up to meet that protein requirement that you and I are trying to get our clients up to. But now the million dollar question, if I choose to use a protein supplement, what brands do you recommend or what should I look for in a protein powder? Because you and I both, we all know, you and I both know, and Natalie as well, is that the protein is considered a supplement, protein powder is considered a supplement. So it's typically not regulated by the FDA. And, you know, I feel like you've got to be careful out there because there are, you know, better choices for protein supplements, higher quality choices than just your run of the mill you know, Walmart brands, all that kind of stuff. So I just would, I would love your take on that. And what do you recommend? This is awesome. I know it's crazy. There's so many out there and it's just really, like you said, they're not regulated. It's really hard to find one that actually tastes good to actually makes you feel good and one that you're going to stick to. And I went on this own journey for myself, you know, working in sports and you use your classic muscle milk, but again, like you don't know exactly it's NSF certified. The athletes can use it. But what I really look for when it comes to a protein powder, and I'll give my favorites too, but what I really look for, you know, is it a third party tested protein? Um, do they use low temperature processing? And that's something that's really interesting to me because, you know, you know that at high temperature, Nathan, I'm sure you know this from the science, but the hot temperatures that protein goes under, um, you know, companies use this process when it comes to protein powder heats it up really hot to make it go faster and make the process faster to make the whey protein. I'm mostly talking about whey protein here. Um, and that denatures a protein when you heat it like that. And that denaturing is actually what gives us that kind of those belly aches after you drink a whey protein shake, which I'm sure we've all at least at some point experienced. I know I have. And so I look for low temperature process. Yes, it's probably gonna be a more expensive protein powder, 
but that low temperature processing actually saves you from those bloating gas episodes that you may have if you do take away protein supplements. So that's a huge thing that I look for. And just high quality processing in general um, is something that I try and look into. Not, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to find that info, but I do know a few brands that are pretty high quality made in the US, which may, you know, it depends on who you are with that criteria. But those are the major things um, that I look for as far as quality goes. And honestly, taste too, um, especially with, you know, the vegan side of things too. Um, for vegan proteins, I'll make a side note here, but I really do like the pea protein versus soy or anything like that. Pea protein is your complete protein too. They're making those vegan powders more complete. What I mean by that is just they have all the amino acids that you need for quality muscle building. Your body can use them really well. So um, usually pea over soy is a good rule of thumb. But as far as whey proteins go, um, definitely more studied than vegan, but I lean towards it now anyways, and ones that don't make my stomach feel bad. So um, companies, my favorite companies, um, First Form, um, that's a brand that I really like. They have good, um, what's called sustained assimilation protein, which is like your meal replacement protein powder. And then they also have a post-workout that also comes with a high glycemic carb powder that you mix just so that way your protein can be used for muscle building and not energy. So um, that's a good one too. Bomar Nutrition is one that I really like as well. They have a lot of crazy flavors too. So if you want something very unique, you know, that's a good website. Um, Women's Best is another good brand. You have, also have Ghost Lifestyle. A lot of these are internet brands, but I just, with GNC, I've tried too many bad ones <laughs> that are just very generic, you know, run in the mill. And these ones are definitely higher quality. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. This is all so much valuable information. I've learned a little, uh, a bit too, actually, about the protein supplements because I'm still trying to figure out which is my favorite. I don't have them much, but since I'm starting to work out more, I'm like, you know, I think I should start taking <laughs> some protein supplements because I just can't eat a lot of protein. As you said, it's just, it's more harder. So thank you so much for that. That was so insightful. And again, um, if you guys, uh, audience or listeners, if you have any questions for Sarah, Nathan, or I, please, you know, tell us on Instagram or email us and contact Sarah. So Sarah, how can our listeners contact you if they want to connect with you or work with you? Perfect, Natalie. Well, I have enjoyed being here so much and contacting me is super simple. You know, you can shoot me an email. It's Sarah Logan at healthyslogan.com. That's my email address that you can reach me at. My Instagram, as you'll put up, obviously, for everyone to have, Sarah with two H's underscore Logan with two N's. Um, I post a lot of different content educating on protein and other stuff too. Um, but I love to chat with anybody. Um, even if it's not even about nutrition, let's chat, let's get to know each other because I genuinely believe that nutrition is such a connector for a lot of people. And, you know, you may have that interest, but also, you know, want to be able to find that perfect diet for yourself too. So those are simple ways to connect. I'd love to chat. And I know that Nathan's a good source. Natalie are great people and they know a lot of great people as well. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We really enjoyed having you on our show. We hope to have you again. And we will put all this detail of our contact information in the description below and on Instagram. So please, if you have any questions again, follow us on Instagram, FNSP underscore podcast or email fnsppodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Sarah.
Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you like this podcast, make sure to give it a five-star rating. And if you found this information valuable, please like, share, and subscribe. And follow our page on Instagram called FNSP underscore podcast for updates. We We can't can't wait wait to talk to to you soon. soon.